Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Smoke. My name is Mickey, and, I- <laughs> and I'm going to be your host today. Hi, everyone. I'm beloved. Um, so today we are discussing AI, the Turing test. I don't know. This was beloved's idea. Exciting. I'm I'm probably gonna nerd out a little bit. I'm gonna try and not nerd out too much. But anyway, so the imitation game, probably one of my favorite um, Benedict Cumberbatch movies. I love remember. Benedict. Love, love Benedict. Love Hate what they did so, to him. No, what they did to Alan Turing. Benedict. Okay, okay. So we're not going to go into that. It basically kind of covers how we got into where we are with our technology and our computers. To this and day. supercomputers, basically. And supercomputers. And we will owe Alan everything that yes. we have right now. Yes. We love him. He's a hero. May he soul rest in peace. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, a science student, did philosophy. And one of our... Um, assignments or one of our yeah basically one of our assignments we did the Turing test which basically was exploring artificial intelligence and basically where we think it will go now obviously when we're talking about philosophy we talk about it how it relates to human beings and how we can kind of learn things from computers and how computers will learn things from us right okay so initially we have a judge and two human beings and the judge and the two human beings cannot see each other mm-hmm. um, but they can communicate with each other not by voice but by basically giving each other text replies back and forth Mm -hmm. so the judge will ask a question to the human counterparts and they will reply to the best of their abilities and then somewhere along the line unbeknownst to the judge one of the human beings gets switched out with the computer and the same process happens again where the judge asks questions and replies comes back so what we're testing here is whether or not the judge will be able to tell if the human being has been swapped out for a machine. Yes. If the judge can't tell 30% of the time, that means this particular machine has passed the Turing test, which means it can basically, quote-unquote, think like a human. This conversation is coming off me kind of spiraling down a Marvel phase, and Tony Stark has an AI called Jarvis later Friday, and this is just making me think about the implications of that AI. If that AI I was thinking here. about Jarvis. Really? I was thinking, yes. And I was just like, you know, we can go on and on about how we are kind of afraid of what AI will do to us. Because, I mean, we've watched all the horror movies with computers involved. I think South Africa is a bit behind. We are a lot behind. I just because internet is so expensive here. But if you look at, I think what kind of surprised me about um middle-class American homes is just how technological they are in the sense that like the fridge and the washing machine and every single like appliance has a corresponding like app or works with like the Google Home or the Alexa and you can like hey Google turn off my lights stuff like that and you see that kind of shit I don't know that I'm comfortable with (laughs) for me I think automated anything around the household it, it, what doesn't scare me is the malfunctioning of the computer. Right. I am friends with a lot of comp sci students. It scares. But what scares me the most about a lot of my comp sci students is a lot of them are not very good people. Let me say that. I think that's the most scary of them thing. just want to take over. So it's like I fear that I will piss someone off, or I will have an ex that hates me so much. And will hack into my car and kill me. 
I get you. I'm afraid that it's gonna work so well. Yeah, that they can control. It. That's a a bigger reality that we need to kind of grapple with as you know technology becomes more and more prevalent in South Africa. Is that everything can be hacked like now it's not just your gmail i can vividly remember a time before the internet compared to now when there is like you can't you need to be a certain level of technology literate to get by in the world nowadays and it's just it's wild to me that this change happened in the span of my lifetime because I'm not that old. I know I call myself old, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not that old. Anyway, we're diverted. Yes, we're Let's diverted. Go back to where I wanted to go. Turing test. <laughs> All right, we understand the Turing test now, right? Yes. Um. So so far, a lot of the robots and androids that we have cannot pass that test, mm-hmm. right? And this mostly has to do with the way that we as people use language. Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't really understand what is being said. They are there's this other experiment called the Chinese room where this English speaking person is put into a room and um they are sent letters or sentences in Chinese and they have to reply in Chinese, but they don't know how to speak in Chinese, but they're given a manual um of like if you see this word, write this, if you see this word, write this, and they basically are able to reply almost perfectly every single time. I don't think it was almost, I think it was perfectly every single time just off of using that yeah. manual without understanding or what was mm-hmm. said. So that's how computers work. So should you give a computer a more complex thing that needs you to maybe be a bit more subjective? that's where they fail human language is often related to emotion and is often related to not quite objective thinking it's a lot more subjective and while there's definitely ai nowadays that can simulate that if you look at like um google and alexa and siri especially they can simulate it very well but not perfectly not yet even though siri has failed the imitation test it sounds weird that we're about to roast technology when technology is the reason why we can do what we do. <laughs> you know, you know, I like to think I say thank you to my laptop enough that when our Skynet overlords come, they'll know, hey, you know, she didn't watch too she much weird plot. porn. <laughs> she was plot. <laughs> <laughs> what is that accent? I don't know. Oh, um, wow. I don't know why my 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 Skynet overload sound like that. I do think there needs to be a conversation we have about when they eventually reboot Terminator, who of oh, our generation of actors will have to replace Arnold Schwarzenegger, and and least. and why it should be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Moving on. All I was gonna say, all I was gonna say is that they better not use Dwayne. No, is, Dwayne's no. too sweet. I can't do it. <laughs> We really want to take this conversation today, right? right? You want to you want to give me an existential crisis? Just say it. We've had one, well, not one. We've had I think maybe like three different AIs that were able to pass the Turing test, right? But I think the criteria is is kind of loose, right? And it's only like thirty percent of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one that stood out in particular to me was this Ukrainian 13-year-old boy called Eugene. Boy, obviously, you know, like Pinocchio, um, who was able to pass the test because 
he wouldn't answer questions directly. So often what he would do in order to not necessarily get the answer wrong would be to dodge the question and change the subject. So really what, what this brings out to me as the development of technology and, and obviously as our AI gets better and, and stronger, we've all watched Black Mirror. Will, they, will we come to a place, because people are already doing this, right? They've, there was this one documentary that I watched where um, people, there's this company that makes like girlfriends for people. It's, it's a sex toy company, but they call them girlfriends. For the, um, <laughs> and you can go on this website and design your girlfriend. I am not surprised that this is a thing. Like, I wish I could be, but I'm really not. And I was just wondering, will we come to a place in our lifetime? Maybe not, maybe not in you and I's lifetime, mm-hmm. but in a lifetime, in the existence of humankind, when we cannot tell the difference between a human being and an animal. You're talking about the singularity. And I think you would be dumb to think it's not going to happen. If you look at the way technology is going, like there's, I, I think it's one thing to have the singularity occur in a lab and never have it, you know, leave that lab. But I don't think, I think, I think there's a lot of. I think it will happen right though. Like now, I'm under like, no, no kind of assertions that it's not. It will. I don't doubt that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> like I don't know how I feel about. I don't. It. You know, it, I'm all for the advancements of technology and science and technology, and you know, I love seeing human beings do things. I'm like, you did that, amazing. But at the same time, I just cannot fathom what that would do to our society because our people cannot handle things. The thing is, with like the mass misinformation that's been happening in our society for years, where like mm-hmm. people will automatically distrust things that they don't understand. And I think if, if right. such technology comes to light before the general population is ready to accept it or ready to accept that it is a possibility, then that could turn dangerous very quickly because people don't like things that they think can control them, things that they see. I mean, in the reality that I'm talking about, I'm not talking about it being something that will be able to control you. I'm just saying coexist. Like there are some people who can barely coexist with people not of their race. So that's why I, I don't mean. think it's going to end we, well. We made- We've made strides in that. Have though, we? You know? I mean, racism still exists. It is still exists, but I think we're we better. We are. We are definitely. And as the as the generations grow, hopefully, we get even better. Exactly. So I'm saying it could turn into that gradual thing because I mean, if we look at it, our parents used to think crap about Wi-Fi and tablets and phones, and they were mm-hmm. you know, the devil. I remember my pastor preaching about how giving your child a phone was like handing him a gun i really want to hear more about your church one day because wow (laughs) (laughs) and i remember everybody in our church was kind of encouraged to just sort of like disconnect all the internet and you know dstv and all that stuff and i'm like because like what you were talking about people don't don't really like things that they don't understand but Technology is how we've survived, especially during like 2008. Because for me, I think I get excited about it when I think about healthcare, when I think about science. I like the idea of having a smart fridge that tells me that I need to get milk. You know, like that tells me my meat is rotten. I think the issue with bringing AI into regular society, we can't trust 
everyone on the planet will treat the AI in the same way you would. And I think just because you are nice to the incredibly strong robot doesn't mean doesn't mean the next person is going to be very nice to the robot. And then that's how you get an uprising. And I then that's how you it. die. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, you're but not. I do, like, you're really serious. No, but I do, I do think we cross- kind of need to also be mindful of the fact that the users will all interact with it very differently. And that could shape the development of it. Could we be so smart as, as human beings to design and program these things, right? to be able to exist on there. I think yes. I like that. I think yes, I, but I think it's like the inherent danger that like you see in all those sci-fi movies with the AI is that like when you teach it to think for itself, you need to teach it empathy along with it. There's a difference between the objectivity of the computer and the empathy of a human, but that also means that the creators of the AI need to be willing to control for that because what if the computer scientists in charge of the program are just like, you know, fuck everybody, this AI is just here for me. <laughs> And and I don't I don't know that I would put that trust in computer scientists that I've never met. Development of that hinges on who the creators are and the creators yeah. making the right choices and teaching it the right things. And if they don't, then it's the world's problem. Um, I think because there's that area of we have to think about how the religious societies will receive this and, and we you can't know, discount we them because often power. these people do have political pull and power and money and can make you know an impact in the development of these things even if we don't want to admit it the entire the entirety of the computers that we use today all began because we mm-hmm. were in the middle of a war i think war is such a drive for innovation is because war is profitable and we are in a capitalist society and i think if there were easier ways to make a profit of innovation by itself then they wouldn't be pushing for drones and stuff like i think the fact that there's so much money in war is what drives the developments in that sector because like the the the, the only reason we got a coronavirus vaccine in a year is because there, there was suddenly a lot of funding for it to happen. And people are like, why aren't there vaccines for other things? Yeah. We're like, because nobody wants to pay for them. Nobody wants care. to pay for the research. <laughs> and the resources are so just, you know, mm-hmm. spread out on everybody yes. doing different but things. But when the money is there, um, these things can happen. Without thinking too much, without dwelling too much on the dread and what right. could possibly go wrong, what do we think could possibly go right? right? What are we excited about? What do we want? Search and rescue in natural disasters. Medical robots doing procedures that humans can't. Doing um, endoscopic surgeries and even smaller. That's where where my mind was as well. Uh, I mean, I'm studying pharmacy and I've seen um, robots working in pharmacies that, you know, can do... Uh, like work faster and stuff than humans which obviously there's a whole conversation about you know industrialization and the loss of jobs but we're not getting into that we always know a way to bounce back from industrialization though as much as we fear it i think as a society with the last three yeah, we're industrializations in the now. that we've gone through we've managed we've Somewhat. managed I I love space and I and I I I wanted to be an astronaut in my next life 
I mean, I might make it happen. Okay, no, nah, I don't. I don't have the patience and the math for that. Nah, it's okay. I'll do it in the next life. I love space, but I don't think that I am as excited about it as I should be. Like in terms of the where it meets technology and how we can I saw get into space. An article I like knowing what like. Um, I don't remember where I read it. it might have even been a fanfic, but it was basically like. Um, humans must be so terrifying to aliens because other aliens are clearly hiding their existence and humans have been sitting in probes for 50 years being like, hey, we're here, come find us. And we can barely get out of our solar system (laughs) and we've been waving. You know, I think about things like having a smart dog or, you know, uh, uh, AI made. Like stuff like that for me works. (laughs) That's where my headspace is like, yeah. yeah, I could see this in my life. I want a smart homekeeper, a smart garden boy. Maybe not a garden boy, but like a god at my gate. Because like, who's going who's gonna to rob my, my robot? <laughs> yes. What do they even call them? Security guard. Like, who's going to fight a machine? I want to see I mean, if you have the right hacking of skills, because I think that, like, the more the more, the more tech oh, gets entrenched man. in our lives, the more we have to reckon with the fact that everything can be hacked. Like, nothing is sacred at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, a question for the ages. Oh, God. And I feel like I already know your answer. Would you get a robot um, boyfriend? For what though? Like, what, what, what am I getting out of this relationship? For companionship or for other things? Yeah, I guess. Because my answer would be different. Let's just say everything. Other okay, things. no, no, no. Here's the thing: you already have things like lashes, which are like remote-controlled vibrators. My parents are home, beloved. Why did you bring this up? They're remote-controlled toys. So, the thing is, for companionship, I don't think in my lifetime there will be a point where a robot will be able to form the same kind of connection as me. You are completely throwing off companionship. But like, you know how um, I think they kind of try to cover this in Black Mirror. You know how people have boyfriends and, and, and husbands basically getting over, like married over the internet with somebody who they've never met physically but they're talking to them on yes. Skype and, and WhatsApp or whatever. What if your AI boyfriend, right, whose body and all, is somebody who is living in Germany? But every <laughs> this sounds it so does. weird because I'm talking about it. Every like as they like they can communicate with you and quote unquote be with you in your house on the other side of the world basically controlling but it's a it person. Germany. So it's a person. Not, I think that's different because I think that there's a there's a human on the other end of the like emotional connection. I think I think I think in terms of, of moving other in... things. We already are at yeah. a point where you can argue that like sex has been dehumanized to a point where it would make sense. We've had sex dolls for years. Like I, I yeah. don't like that that I think is an yeah. easier conversation to have than and like an emotional connection. Because okay. I think I don't think AI is going to be at a point where it can form a reciprocal emotional connection 
the way human can. I, I don't think it could be reciprocal. But I think, like you just said, we've de- dehumanized a lot. Maybe I'm just and a romantic. Human beings are selfish enough. But I think, especially if you are True. a narcissist, you are mainly focused on what this person gives you and how they make you feel, right? And the argument really could be this machine could learn what you like, what you like to do, what you like to hear. Um, I think I think some learn people how to be would around, be happy with that. I'm special. sure. I just, for me personally, I don't have i'm not like that kind of relationship doesn't appeal to me like a perfect partner doesn't appeal to me because i like the idea of two different people making a conscious choice to like work together i don't think it would have to be but if it's an ai partner because i know if it's an ai what i'm trying to say is in Black Mirror, for example, what they did with this one with this one episode, I, was, know, I remember this episode, died, and right? they and they made and, an AI of him. Yeah, and it basically downloaded him think... from the internet, right? So you could select different personalities from the internet. Obviously, as much as we think we know people from the internet, we don't really know them. So there will always be some part of them that we don't like, which will already be in this AI. So this person is not going to be perfect. So I think, don't you think that makes them in a uh, way? More but human? again, I just don't think it would reciprocate the way a human would be able to. I like the idea of when you are in a relationship, it is because your feelings are reciprocated, and it's because you have made a decision that I like this person, and this person has made a decision yeah, that they like me, and that's why we are together. And I don't think an AI would do would be able to do that yet. So I don't want that. Leave me alone. Thing is, you assume the person you're in beloved. I just want to believe in love. I think we know what beloved has seen. And Can I just believe in love and peace? No. <laughs> if we cannot do this together, no one is doing it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I I blame. I I don't know. I think because there's also this idea of um. Like the thing of like once your once your partner dies, I think um, Robert Downey Jr. is in a movie where this happens as well, where he he doesn't want to die, so he downloads himself into a computer so he can talk to his wife. Just that idea of immortality. I think you'd need a big ego to think um, you you want immortality. I think you'd need to think a lot of yourself to think that of everyone on the planet you deserve immortality, and I don't have a big enough ego to think I deserve it. I mean, I don't want the, to. For me, I don't think that you would be actually alive. I just think that, like, you'd the be same a Jarvis of, is what you're saying. We, for the people you'd who turn, stay behind, you would turn yourself into a Jarvis. I think. Yeah, you would be a Jarvis. Oh, gosh, this got so philosophical. I hate you, beloved. I think it is important as human beings Love that we you. acknowledge that we live and we have relationships and we die, and the people around us will live and die and i think Mm. introducing the immortality aspect would fuck up that cycle and again would like with that episode of black mirror where she became so involved with this person who is not there he is not there at the end of the day that is a that is i mean she got annoyed by it eventually that is that is a recreation of what was there but that is not there anymore and i think it is 
it's difficult to because as humans we also don't exist alone or you don't exist just our partner and ourselves we exist with friends and with colleagues and having like if you can accept okay my boyfriend is dead this is my ai boyfriend is one thing but to expect your best friend to treat your ai boyfriend the same way is weird to me i don't think that would work and then i think (laughs) the charade falls apart at that point because if everyone isn't willing to play along with it you can't expect it to be real and then what is Mm. what is the relationship I hadn't seen just how that would just that, how that would translate to other people. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't. I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. But I think perhaps if in a society where your partner dies and you don't want to be alone, maybe getting a completely new personality out of it. Maybe you don't want to interact with people. Maybe that would be better, and maybe your friends would treat that better. But. Why perhaps. Why would you do that and not just find the support from your friends until you are strong enough to find a new human partner? Because people are busy and they don't want anything to do with me because I'm mourning. <laughs> huh. Maybe your friends suck. I don't know. Being Growing up has really introduced me to a lot of realities that in my family I was not aware of because every family kind of functions differently. Mm-hmm. And I have begun to understand why certain people do the things they do. Because sometimes you'll be like, well, where are your friends? Where are your, your family? And it's like, people don't interact the same way. And it's, it's very different. Also, those people that don't have friends some people turn into religion and they become very hyper fixated on god or you know yeah go off and find new relationships or maybe just focus on their children but like if you never had children or if your children are growing up you know you you find different things to obsess over mm-hmm. and for that person who doesn't have or who doesn't feel inclined to do any of those things it makes sense to me i think why it, they would i think it's it, something artificial I think it could be potentially become an option, I think. But I think also uh, within certain bounds, it could become a problem because you don't exist in yeah. a bubble. A I mean, as we look at that episode of Black Mirror, she didn't get rid of him. He stays in the attic. Which is creepy. It was creepy. And the and the daughter was visiting it. Oh, no. I think that's the <laughs> I mean... thing. Like, you were going to mess your kid up with that. Maybe not. No. What What is she... your kid going to say if she's fine she goes to grave? Oh, my dad lives in the attic? No. And I see him Wait. once a week? She saw him once on her birthday. <laughs> she called him by name, didn't she? I don't remember. But I also think we would we would be underestimating this child to not connect a few dots a couple of years down the road. No, I think to be very honest and say this is a stupid thing that I did, my child, but this is not your dad. Um, I don't know. Okay, a lot of the things that we do as people affect kids very differently mm-hmm. because just there's no getting this formula right, you know. And I think for me, that's one of the things that kind of like scares me about parenthood. But we're not going into that. Maybe we'll. Maybe that's an episode topic for another. Oh God. <laughs> but we it's it's like it's like things like this that I feel like sometimes we get very very excited about you know all these technological advancements and then I start to think about how excited I was when I got my phone 
you know, mm-hmm. and how the, wo- how, the world use... literally opened up in front of us. Like, yeah, we went from like, what knowing nothing forward. but the people, like, just around in us. Neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> to the whole world in, like, what, a year? My thing is, I fear that a lot, a lot of us make very, very drastic decisions because of our emotions. True. And that's one, that's one area where AI could teach us something um, when it comes to being objective because they make very logical, well, they are supposed to make logical decisions. Yeah, humans aren't you know? constantly running cost-benefit analysis. So. Yeah, so maybe maybe a future for AI is maybe getting it put inside of us, and I don't know how comfortable you are with that reality, but I am very comfortable. Here's the thing. Reality. As time goes by and as we spend more time online, it's very clear that what the most profitable thing about us is is not our idea, it is our information, because that is what mm. Google sells. Once that chip is in us, you know what I mean? Like, like then they're... <laughs> Once the chip is in you, there is no privacy. Like, privacy does not exist at that point. You can say, oh, no, I turned it off. It won't work when I'm doing... No, I don't trust that. Like, I know there's a whole thing about how you can give, like, apps certain permissions and, like, this app can only use your location when you're doing it. But, like, I don't necessarily trust that. You know, like, once once the chip is in you... What are you guys doing in your homes that you don't want to be seen? I don't think it's that. I think it you should be allowed to be able to do what you want and not have Daddy Google knowing. Watching. I should I should I be able to open know. an incognito tab and Google like anything, anything really. and not open take a lot and get ads for it. Do you know what I mean? I think again, it's that thing that we were talking about. Like I said in the in the Chinese room, I don't think there is somebody who's actually seeing that do this. But I'm also not comfortable with the idea of being sold to every time I just want to browse the internet. I don't like that. I can like I. But I think it's just it's an algorithm that is just. No, I know, and we live in a capitalist society, and it is a sacrifice we make. But that doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. I think for me, I'm not that held up on the privacy. I am. But I think I do understand where it comes from because even though I'm not held up on it, I think there does come a point where I'm just like, in this moment right now, I do like the idea that nobody knows what I'm doing. And it's not even that you are doing bad things. It's like, it's like, okay, so as an example, if if you are someone who is overweight and you are trying to lose weight and you have been googling things to do with losing weight but then you start getting served youtube ads on like fad diets and weight loss apps and you can't get away from them because that is what google has determined your ads should be because that is where your interest lies surely that's not beneficial for your health i don't i don't like Hmm. the idea that that is something that happens to people and that is why i i have a thing about privacy um tell us what you guys think about future of ai and how you think or where you think it's gonna go and what are your hopes actually for the future and would you get a robot would you please send us your answers on instagram and twitter and 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 if you have a longer answer 
email us. We're also now on TikTok. Our handles are in the store. On everything. Everything. On everything. Our email is in the smoke pod at gmail.com. And thank you guys for joining us today. We will thank see you. you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.